discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Well, in February of last year, fans of one of CCM's most beloved bands were stunned to learn that 10th Avenue North would be stepping away from making music together. But now, the excitement is real because the thoughtful and big-hearted man who provided lead vocals for 10th Avenue is back with a brand new, just-released solo debut project called Flourish, featuring the powerful single, All Together. And quite simply, one of our all-time favorite guests returns on the road today for the fourth time. Mr. Mike Donahue, sir, it is an absolute joy to have you back here. Is the day progressing majestically to this point? I have absolutely no desire for my day to have progressed any way than th- in which it just progressed. <laughs> so I would say it's quite magnanimous and majestic. The vocabulary that you are bringing to bear in this interview today, I could tell, is nothing short of pristine. I, you know, I'm just trying to match wits here. I'm just trying to hold serve, as it were. When you have someone as affluently gregarious as yourself, you just have to just just hit the serve back over the net. That's all I'm doing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we always enjoy having you here so much. And, of course, it's the question you've been asked 10,001 times, but we got to ask it 10,002 because... There are just so many of us that love your music so very much. You were able to do something that very few of us are able to do with 10th Avenue North, which is really to walk away on top. I mean, talk about the decision to do that. You know, where are, we always said as a band, our families won't be dictated by the demands of our band. And the the need to be home more, to be engaged with our families. The guys were all just ready to be completely done with the road. And the way the metrics were with the band, even though the band was doing well, the, the large uh, lion's share of the profitability of our business depended on our being gone. Mm. And so we, the guys just looked at me and said, I said, I actually said to them, I need to take a little time off. And they said, actually, I'm glad you said that because I want to take all the time off. Uh, And it was actually this really beautiful, amicable decision where we went, are we ending the band? And the band even looked at me and said, we know you got more music in you. um, So you can keep releasing music as 10th Avenue North, but we're going to be done. And I looked back at them and I said, man, I can't do that to you. I can't dishonor you guys that way to say... I didn't need you anyway. I can do this without you. Oh, sure. Um, and I always said I didn't want to be one of those guys who if my band all wanted to be done, I didn't want to keep it going. So going out on top was really just trying to make the healthiest moves for our families. Um, yeah. That makes perfect sense. Thanks for the the explanation. I know you've answered that question just a few times in the past uh, year and a half or so. <laughs> Yeah, a few t- people do wonder. I there's two things. People always go, "Why would you ever n- want to end a band?" Because right. I think a lot of people have this perception being in a band is the greatest occupation. And trust me, it is awesome. Uh, but there's serious downsides too, namely being away, being gone so much. And 
yeah, it was really beautiful to say we weren't forced out. It didn't, it didn't limp along and then have a last gasp, but we decided to walk away and end it well, Mm. you know? Mm. Uh, This is a lot less intense and sincere than the answer you just gave, but you used the word away in that response. And when you sounded away, you sounded almost Canadian when you said the word away. And I know you're not, so I'm not sure what that was about. Hey, away. Listen, <laughs> we've been away, okay? I've been gone a long time now, so I don't even know. I've been watching a lot of Canadian uh, Access Public TV. Yeah. You know, you hoser. <laughs> and sometimes it just slips uh, out, you know? Uh-huh, yeah. Like those moose and brother bear. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh. <laughs> There is nothing like anthropomorphic moose to uh, to really, really get inside the, the meaning of life today here on the road with Mike Donahue. So you make the decision to say farewell and you have a farewell tour that's planned. Of course, <laughs> there were just a few things that happened in 2020 and continue to be happening today. When you have that take place, you know, that opportunity really to say goodbye taken from you in a sense, you talked about the struggle that that was, uh, even feeling oh. lost in an extent. And you, you use the term like a dried out sponge, right? Yes. I, I, I felt like I had given everything I could to the band and then didn't even get the ride out under the sunset. You know, we started that farewell tour and then the pandemic just shut it all down. And I, I got to be honest, I sulked. I mean, mm. a good solid month, maybe two, the beginning of a pandemic. And there's this amazing moment where suddenly, I don't know what it was. I have this weird habit, Ryan, of I like to read every, every year or so. I like to start looking up articles of the top regrets of people who are dying. Okay, it's, it's kind of a dark study, but it's very helpful And do you know, number one, number one, unequivocally, every hospice nurse reports that people who are on their deathbed regret not spending more time with their family. Mm. And I go, man, here I've been given this gift that 10 out of 10 people, this is their greatest regret that they never got a moment like this. So why don't I just, even though I'm feeling like a victim, and all these other things didn't work out. Why don't I choose this gift that everyone who's on their deathbed would agree is a gift and just pay attention to my kids and my wife right now. And, um, that was really a huge shifting moment for me. And honestly, it was kind of the beginning of me writing this new record that I just put out. I just so appreciate the way that you think and just how thoughtful and the way you analyze things is just very helpful and very fresh. You talked about having to let yourself feel the pain of the loss of that chapter mm-hmm. of your life, in a sense, before you could experience the joy that came pouring out on the other side. And this music really being a part of that process, that is it's pretty profound stuff, brother. Uh, Psalm 126.5, that's where I got that thought. It says, those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. Now, Mm. I remember I read that 
when I was in college. And I saw what it meant is those who sow in tears, so those who pray really hard, will reap with shouts of joy. They'll get what they want. That's what I thought that verse was saying. But now as I've talked to a lot of therapist friends and counselors, they all agree. No, 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 no. What that's saying is you actually have to stop numbing your sadness and actually feel the weight of it and grieve and mourn properly. And actually, the lower you go, like the more you open yourself up to truly grieving, the flip, is, the flip side is true. The more it opens up at the top and the more you're capable of joy. Where we, as Americans, especially it seems, we have this delusion that I can numb out all my sadness and increase my joy. But the two are interrelated, right? And if you try to squash up your sadness, you also bring down the roof of your joy. And then you get unhealthy and it comes out sideways. Like it's squeezing you out. Wow. And um, that's a huge shift for a lot of us, that those who sow in tears also expand their capacity for joy. Wow. Well, that is the voice of Mr. Mike Donahue today. I'm so sorry. If you had more, I do not want to stop you. No, you're good. I just have (laughs) one last thought because we talk a lot about hope, right? Christians will talk a lot about hope. I mean, 10th Avenue North had a song called I Have This Hope. Mm -hmm. And we think that hope is the alternative to sadness. But here's the problem with hope. There's a problem with hope. The problem with hope is that hope deals the hardest blow. It's, it's actually in Proverbs. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, the problem with hope is that you're opening yourself up to be disappointed. Wow. But here's the deal. The reason Christians talk so much about hope is that, as Ephesians would say, the sting has been taken out of death. And I would, I would expand that to say the sting has been taken out of disappointment. That every failure I have, every disappointment I experience, it's not the end. It's not the period on my story because I have a future and my hope is in heaven. And so that allows me to move from disappointment to disappointment and keep hoping. Or as Winston Churchill said, success is moving from failure to failure without any loss of enthusiasm. <laughs> Can I just say, I'm so glad that you didn't let me cut you off on that. Thank you so much for finishing that thought. <laughs> oh, no, you're good. <laughs> oh, my word. I'm not, I'm not easily deterred. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate that about you. Mr. Mike Donahue with us today on the road. The thoughtful, big-hearted recording artist with a brand new, just-released solo debut project called Flourish. I want to talk about the themes of the record more broadly in just a moment, but I want to first dig into the song altogether. This is so much fun because it presents with this whimsical and lighthearted soundscape, but then lyrically is swinging a two by four of truth right away at the open. No more playing Mr. Nice Guy. I'm done pretending that I'm all right. I fake a laugh, keep acting upper class like I've never had a struggle in my whole life. Oh, can I tell you the state I'm in? What did you want to do here with All Together? 
Well, what you just described, Ryan, is what we songwriters like to call hiding a vitamin in a Twinkie. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You got to dress it up in all that pop music and melody, but then you're actually saying something hopefully pretty profound. And that song started, I was talking to my buddy, and I said, why is it that a lot of times, not all times, but a lot of times I go to church and I hear a lot about people's past struggles. We have past struggle testimony time. Yes. But I don't hear a whole lot about people's current struggles. Oh, boy. Why don't we have current struggle testimony time? If you have a current struggle, you need to share that in a group. And here's the irony of that, is my best friend in the world is an addictions counselor. And he says the most profoundly he's ever experienced the presence of God is when he sits in a circle and they have an AA meeting with people that he's treating. They're going through addiction therapy. And he said when those people get 100% vulnerable and then the other people in the circle meet them with 100% acceptance, he said it's the holiest place I've ever been. Well, and you you express that. I mean, the pivot point of these lyrics to me is found with, and if I tell you all my secrets, will you go running out? There's only one way to find out. There is such courage that it takes to live that way, my friend. I mean, the question I had, I think when I listened to it the first time is, I know how true this is, but why is it worth it, right? That's the question. Why is it worth it to have that courage? Oh, that's a great question. And you know, when we wrote that bridge, I put my head on the desk and just started weeping because my whole point of the song wasn't to point a finger at the church and say, why aren't you guys more vulnerable? But it's to point a finger at myself and say, why aren't I more vulnerable? Right. Because vulnerability, people have asked me, well, how do you get more vulnerable? I go, unfortunately, it's a muscle you must exercise. It's not something that just genie dust poof, just happens to you and now you're more vulnerable. You have to practice it. And the problem is a lot of us try it out for the first time. And unfortunately, we tried it out on someone who isn't safe. And they meet us Jimmy Fallon style, right? Instead of going, oh man, let's talk about what you're struggling with. They go, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you struggle with that. Yeah. And when we do that, it's, it's profound. I don't think a lot of Christians realize the power they have to either heal someone, to set them free, or enslave them, simply by the safety in which you give someone to confess things. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's, a great, it's a great risk. And I would say, if you've been met uh, Jimmy Fallon style, you know, keep trying. And once you get met with that grace, there's this verse in James 5. It says, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you might be healed. Hmm. Now, this this is something worth expounding on. We're told in Scripture, when we confess to God, 1 John 1, 9, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. Okay, so you get forgiven and cleansed confessing to God. You get healed confessing to someone else. In other words, the power of the sin gets broken when you look another human in the eye. It's, it's almost like it's no longer a fairy tale. It's like, oh man, 
the grace of God better be real because what I just said, it's real, huh? Man. Mike Donahue is with us today on the road for Faith Radio. Ryan Thomas with you. Mike is the thoughtful and big-hearted recording artist with the brand new, just-released solo debut project called Flourish, available wherever fine music is sold or streamed. Speaking of fine music, let's take a look at Unity Hymn. This opens with this soundscape that's not quite anything I've ever heard before in a confession really about how we so consistently become just fiercely divided over basically everything today. I don't think that's much of an exaggeration at this point, but before then pointing to the love that totally transforms the equation. Can you take us inside the journey to this one, Unity Hymn? Yeah, here's the fun part about this song. During the pandemic, my sister lives just a couple blocks away. She calls me up and says, Mike, I had a melody in a dream, and I think we're supposed to write a song together. Oh, my word. So she comes over, and we write the song in 15 minutes. I mean, it was almost like it wrote itself. <laughs> and it was cool because it, this, this melody she had for the chorus was really sort of old. It, it felt sort of classic, and um, that kind of is what you know put us calling it a hymn because it just feels maybe older than it should be. Mm. And, um, I, I am just transfixed. I've been this way for a long time. I have the unique perspective of having played in over a thousand different churches over the last 20 years. And with that, I've gained a, per, a, a perspective of going, man, I think the church actually agrees on way more than they disagree on. Hey. So why are we creating new denominations for these little things that just don't seem worth dividing over. And, uh, you know, if Jesus prayed, may you be one as I and the father are one, I said, then we should sing that prayer too. You know, this has been an interesting year and a half. Is that a fair way to put it? You think? (laughs) Uh, interesting. (laughs) Yes. You talk about learning to embrace the unexpected. In a way, you know, it's probably easier in a sense to be taught that lesson at a time like this than it is if life does return to quote unquote, you know, that term that's bandied about again and again normal. I know you've already been thinking about it. I mean, how do we keep on teaching ourselves the importance of embracing the unexpected, leaning in, like you've talked about, even when things are maybe not this epic and remind us constantly to do it? Well, if you don't lean in, if you don't embrace what's happening to you, then you are a victim to your circumstance. And the secret, there's this great quote, it says, the secret to peace is to embrace your current circumstance as if you had chosen it. So you can resist it all you want, but you can't actively participate in your present reality until you choose it. And it's shocking how quickly you can move from victim to victor when you embrace what's happening to you. Hmm. <laughs> wow. I like that. I've never said that before, but that's not good. <laughs> 
you've been on fire. I mean, the vocab terms, you're making complete sense. The lucid nature of the comments and so much encouragement uh, today with Mike Donahue, as always. I mean, it's just such a blessing to love your music over the years and to be able to have these conversations with you. I think then thinking this is maybe the fourth time that you've been on the road. You've talked about telling the truth an awful lot and your passion for telling the truth. And it shows up again and again on this record. You mentioned before looking at where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees in the New Testament and saying that your job is to tell the truth. Can you explain why you maybe don't just stay comfortable, you don't just tell us the things we want to hear, but you go that extra step and you you tell the truth? The only thing that's going to keep us enslaved is our unwillingness to bring the darkness into the light. That's it. No amount of darkness, no amount of darkness can overwhelm the smallest amount of light. (laughs) Right. And so we get so overwhelmed by our shadows. And yeah, when you're in a dark room and you're just looking at your failures, you're just looking at your temptations, you're just looking at your struggles, it gets really dark. But what's amazing is one crack of light under the doorway illuminates the darkness, you know? And I am just obsessed with, I I guess, the reality of John 3, that you just bring your, the, the only thing Christ needs you to do is to bring your shadow into the light. And it's so funny. It is the simplest and the absolute hardest thing to do. Um, and so I guess I'm obsessed with it because I want people to be free. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that, man. Uh, it has meant so much to so many of us. I hear rumors and the rumors say that you are writing another book. Are these legitimate rumors, or is it just a hubbub that should not be listened to? Well, it depends on who you talk to. You know, <laughs> my my book publisher would say they don't have a rough draft yet. It's long overdue. <laughs> so they would argue that, no, I'm not writing a book. What are you even doing over there, Mike? What is it you say you do here? Uh... But yes, I am in process of finalizing a rough draft on a book about learning how to be in better relationship with the people you disagree with. Oh, wow. I know. It's, it really has no application right now. <laughs> I feel like 2021 has been marked by just peace and understanding and... Yes giving people space to hold their own opinion. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's been really beautiful to watch. So I'm, it's kind of a redundant, you know, thing to put out, but <laughs> alas, I must. Okay. Mr. Mike Donahue, the album is called Flourish. It is available wherever fine music is sold or streamed. But if people want to intentionally pursue knowing more about you and your music, where is the best place to begin the voyage? I suppose the centering port from which all Mike Donahue ships sail, they sail out of a website domain, MikeDonahue.com. Oh. Uh, and then all, all your regular social media streams 
you can find me. Some I'm more robust. Uh, I have a more robust uh, presence than others. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are, what are your favorites? Would you say I I've enjoyed very much following you on Twitter. Yeah. I, you know, I kind I springboard out of Instagram. It, oh, it, sure. It actually, I can put a little time alert on Instagram that tells me how long I've been on the app that day, <laughs> right? which is r- really essential for, for my own sanity. Right. And, right. uh, and I, I'm not overwhelmed. Facebook always felt overwhelming to me. It yeah. felt like getting dropped in the middle of a corn maze <laughs> while billboards are telling you which way out of the maze, but they're actually telling you to go further into the maze. Uh, Instagram feels n- navigable, nav- navigatable. I, be- I believe it's navigable, but I loved what the two things you said sounded great. Yes, yeah. navigationable. <laughs> Brother, uh, I just can't tell you. I hope it just, I hope you know, I hope you can tell. I mean, we we're so blessed and we just absolutely love having you here. So thank you so much for making time with us once again. Ryan, you're the absolute best. Thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road. For more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes, look for On the Road when you visit MyFaithRadio.com.